Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Oi, oi, I'm Jimmy Bullard and this is me old muck of fairness. We're back together, son. How are you? Hi, Bully. Great to be back working with you. What are we doing here, though? We're starting a football club in podcast form. The only thing we know, it's called FC Bullard. After that, it's all up for grabs. So, we haven't got any players, we haven't got kids, we haven't got a club badge, we haven't got a stadium. Correct. FC Bullard. Welcome to the club. Why are we doing this? For the love of the game, mate. For the love of rugby. Who doesn't love rugby? A sport founded in 1823 by a young man called William Webb Ellis. Good start. It has laws, values and loads of complicated shit. Like lineouts. Let me introduce your hosts. No man has played for England more times than Ben Young's. Some things need discussing. Don't mistake being a sap for just being a realist. Thank fuck he's got a podcast. The jibber jabber on that mouthy cat. Whoa, 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 whoa. Hang on, mate. Hang on. Let me have another go, please. Do I know Eleanor's mum? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> How does she know that I'm a cute and cuddly person? Oh, Dan Cole. With his hundred caps, all his medals, his cuddly cute face and his beautifully shiny head. So I slept my way to the top. Honestly, is Coley actually doing this? Well, if you want stories about traffic on the M1, then he's perfect. Like you go on a Sunday night, you think it's going to be empty, and then around Northampton you get stuck. There's got all these 50 miles For the love of rugby. In today's episode, your questions answered. Would Dan have a hair transplant? Would Ben have been a decent farmer? Who is the worst sap? And how does it feel when everyone says, you're shit? Enjoy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hmm. Morning, mate. How was the commute? Morning, Ben. How was the traffic, mate? The traffic. Where do I start? For a cross-country run that should take 10 minutes, it took me 50% longer than it should have done. So it took about 15 because there's road closures. Definitely due to the recent floods or whatever it is. Got stuck behind a horse box and turning into a field. But unfortunately, in the field, there was someone who'd parked their car 
in the way of the gate so they had to navigate around this and it was just but I'm here I'm here that's the main thing how's the kit situation mate obviously there's been a lot of interest you started sort of siphling through it to make sure you got the the bits and different parts for the giveaway we've had a lot of interest so keep them coming in there's plenty of um, stuff it's still in the garage I'm trying to get through it to make sure it hasn't been eaten by any rodents. How's yours? I've got 28 first cousins, haven't I? My kit isn't probably on the, the scale of yours. So what you're saying is I've got no mates yet. Yeah, yeah. Quite, yeah. quite a lot of mine's gone. However, I do still do have stuff to give away. Well, you're the social man. I am the we social man. We need them man. sending their best reviews, first yeah, and foremost. Yeah, reviews. Stories about why they should get a pair of pants and not the bloke that used to ask one of the academy kids to send him used socks and oh, pay him, yeah. you're used to pay him 30 quid a pop for a... Do we just touch on that briefly? <laughs> I mean, I'm not sure. I think this guy might be in jail now. Yeah, yeah um, probably, yeah. So but we should probably just yeah. mention him. Yeah, so if your reason for wanting socks is for a non-rugby purpose, sorry, it's not going to happen. This guy kept requesting match-worn socks from the lads yeah. uh, and would pay 30 quid a, for a sock. Make your own mind up about what you did with yeah. socks. We're, we're not sure. We've got some um, administration to take part based on our previous feedback from the podcast police we'll call it admin slash ladmin um <laughs> basically we've been too casual with our naming of people right so if we are to use somebody's name we need to use their full name titles if they've got mbes cbes obes which is another disgrace <laughs> <laughs> somehow england's most capped male international of all time we wasn't on the new year's honors list we know if we can get one of you on then hopefully it filters down and gets other people on uh, <laughs> let's start a petition but, right? yeah we need to we need to get england's most capped male rugby union player on there um because full long someone else have taken it ben yeah we need it now you're right um it, it, well, we england year rugby out now? needs it yes to the next one yeah yeah get some momentum behind that Carl. yeah well, i'll get i'll try and we'll get that on social shall we can we get that on social get Len, an MBE, <laughs> and some pants. That could be the thing. <laughs> Get an MBE and some pants. But yes, now we've got to use people's full names. Yeah. So we will try and do a better job of policing each other. Yes. Um, make sure the names are full. Well, that, sounds, that sounds fair enough, yeah. Perfect. Those are the rules of the pod slash rules of engagement. So now we have some questions. I believe there's 3.2 million, so we'll have to filter it down a bit. <laughs> we've had a lot of interest. We shall start with a question from Sean. Thank you, Sean. How much does the person who has to wash the England kit hate the person whose idea it was to play in all white? But if it's my jersey, I tend to avoid contact. So it actually doesn't need washing. Uh, so it's absolutely fine. But if it's yours, it's terrible. It's normally covered in like, not really mud, because I don't really go on the floor, but blood from my ears or something. So I would say the person who decided England play in white might have been, I don't know, St. George or somebody. We normally we normally get with England, say you get to wear a different shirt every game, even at halftime you get switched. So it's not really, the person who washes your kit is... Normally your wife, because you take it home and uh, yeah. get it clean. So yeah. Or um, if you if you're tactically smart, what you do is you swap your match worn shirt with the opposition and keep the you know clean no, one. no one else. I don't think any other team really plays in white, and it's a lot easier to wash. So they have to deal with it. You've swapped your shirt. The second half shirt you don't put on, and actually everything's sorted. You need to wash them because they do stink, don't they? If you had it in your bag for a day or two, it hums. Can you remember the uh, jerseys for 2011 opening game, Argentina? What, when we were the only the second ever team to wear all black in New Zealand? It, correct, yeah. <laughs> that went down well, didn't yeah, it? Yeah, it did. <laughs> Especially when all the numbers, and all the peeled, numbers come off. And, numbers peeled yeah. off, and it's like the controversy of us wearing black in New Zealand. Yeah, we all learned a lesson that day, didn't we? Yeah, but I remember that. we get that fined that? for the numbers peeling uh, off? Yeah, we did. Have well, the RFU got, got fined. The RFU yeah. got fined for the numbers peeling off, and there was a bit of an outrage, wasn't it? The fact that we'd worn black in New Zealand. Yeah, and, all black. Yeah, yeah, but it was obviously a commercial spin on that. They obviously thought about that, or, or maybe they didn't. I don't know. We haven't warm black since have we it's normally dark blue or red 
Who knows? Maybe that's a giveaway. Yeah. If I find it, yeah. that's one of the pro- that's that's you a can giveaway. tell us where. If I where. find the black shirt, yeah, in the loft, someone can have that one. Perfect. What is your best shirt swap, Coley? Good question. I actually haven't got that many because people don't like me. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it normally involves, yeah, going into the trade room afterwards and swapping and it's like, hi, I want to swap. No. Keen Healy gave me his shirt, to be fair. It wasn't a swap, but after my 100th game, he gave me his shirt, really nice which touch. is very kind. So it was a nice touch of, say, because we've played against each other a lot and sort of with the same age. And so that was probably the best one. There's actually a bit of tradition on that, isn't it? If someone makes their first cap and you've already been capped, yeah. it is the right thing to do. And a lot of people do do it. Yeah. Is that if you've been capped, you give them your shirt and don't expect them to give you theirs in return. It's a, it's a nice gesture that, that everyone does international level. And it's long may it continue. What's your best um, swap? Um, Ronaldo. Yeah. Right, yeah. I've got, I have got a Ronaldo <laughs> shirt. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. And Kevin De Bruyne as well. All so right. I've got some good ones. Did, you, did they ask for yours? <laughs> no. Right. Um, rugby. Do you know what? I've been really fortunate because for me, I've, there's some nines I played against, which in my opinion are absolute legends. So Will Genya, Aaron Smith, Murray, DuPont. But there's when I growing up, one of the favourite nines was a guy called Dimitri Yashvili. Played at Biritz and for France. And I've got one of his. And through Dupree as well. Really decent shirt swaps. really 2010? Yeah, it would have been 2010, 2011 I swapped yeah. with him. So that's a really nice one because that was someone I watched growing up. I go in and have a chat with him, you see, Carly. Yeah, that's yeah, what happens. When you I go in and have do. a beer with him yeah, after yeah. a game, you know, you tend to swap jerseys. So. Yeah. Yashvili was working TV, yes. wasn't he, in um, the World Cup recently. But he was sitting in the corner and me and Marla walking around the pitch. Me and Joe Marla are walking around the pitch and we saw him. And I can't remember who he was talking to, but we're like, oh, should we go over there and annoy him? And Marla was like, no, I can't go over there. It's like, why not? It's like, Yashvili stuff. He's like, because um, last time we played Yashvili, he's just telling you, I abused him from a monobrow. <laughs> <laughs> and he's never forgiven me. So I was like, cool. We won't go over there then. That's also, I believe, the same game. It was Beeritz away, wasn't it? It yeah. was like terrible, terrible rain. And Marla was desperate for a pee. So just just let it go on the pitch. Um, it will wash it away. That comes back to washing your kit. Comes back to, well, yeah, there you the go. The person who had to wash that kit was not happy. Right, thanks for that one, Sean. Question from Terry. If a sponsor came around and offered to pay for a hair transplant, would you take it? Then where would you take the hair from? Good choices here. Neck, back or ass. I don't think I would for a couple of reasons. I don't think I would have a hair transplant because A you'd know it was fake because I've had no hair for 10 <laughs> years and it would look a bit silly me just turning up with like, oh, that's a you had a hair transplant. No, no, just grew back after my career. So that's one reason. The second reason was when I had hair, it wasn't very good anyway. It was more of a faff. It, I don't know. 2011, you know, when it was quite long. Yeah, I, I did. Have, yeah, I quite yeah. impressive mane. At no point would I say I had stylish hair. And then um, thirdly, yeah, obviously, if I was to have hair transplant, if I could take it from somewhere, I've only got hair on my, as you say, neck, back or ass. I don't really want to be known as the bloke that's walking around with his ass hair on his head. No. So no, I would say no to that. However, if someone wants to just pay me loads of cash to wear a wig, I'll do that. Uh, <laughs> so thank you, Terry. Right. Question from Mel's. What is your personal morning routine when before a club game slash training, does it change when you're playing for England? Yes. So for a club game, and Cole will be the same, with kids, it's pretty manic until you leave the house, basically. So routine is get up with the kids, obviously sort them out. My wife's here anyway, so she does most of it. And I will then have a coffee, have some porridge and pretty much sit around until I have to go. But if it's a three o'clock kickoff, we'll leave here. I'll leave mine at half 11 to get there for midday. And there's pretty much provided the club and everything like that. But to be fair, I mean, for club games, it's, it's pretty relaxed. For England games, obviously very different. No families there. So wake up in reasonable time 
And then essentially you just kind of pass in the time until you meet up for activation. You, you're having your breakfast. Oh, Ben, don't like, there's probably a podcast somewhere in here about what our actual game day routine is. That is true, actually. So like, A, don't give away too much, but B, make it sound a little bit interesting. We have loads of stuff to do. Yeah, um, loads. Meetings, uh, nutrition, uh, hydration, loads of stuff. Loads. We are busy. And you're right. We'll go into further depth on that when we talk about match day. Question from Mike. Does everyone play paddle now? What sports do rugby players do for fun slash recovery? Yes, everyone did play paddle. Yes. Well, a lot of boys really got into paddle, didn't they, during the World Cup, which is a, if you don't know paddle, it's like a hybrid between tennis and squash. Kind of squash, yeah. It's not a full-size tennis court, it's like half tennis court, but the sides are enclosed with perspex or something. And basically you can play off the backboard and it bounces out and it's, it's actually a fun game to play. Some boys got properly into it at the World Cup, didn't they? Well, some of us, Coley, had a lot of spare time. Um, and paddle was essentially a chance to do some fitness. Did you also get a police escort once to paddle? Oh, uh, yeah, we did actually. So basically, if you weren't, weren't involved with the weekend during the World Cup, on a Friday, you would go and play paddle, do a little round robin tournament with everyone, with the 10 lads that aren't playing. And some of the staff would come along as well. So we're on a 50-seater bus or whatever. And there is 10, 12 of us on this bus getting a police escort, which should take a 10-minute journey, but obviously takes three because the police escort. But it's a bit excessive getting a police escort to go paddle. But I mean, that was in terms of priorities, it was up there. It's a growing game in this yeah. country. I think there are paddle courts and people install them as they go along because it's a very popular game. But I don't know of one in Leicester. No. Obviously, lads are very competitive by nature. So when the paddle starts, yeah. it's all out and there can be yeah. a lot of frustration on the court. We actually did a little tournament, didn't we? Yes. And um, How far did you go in? First round knockout? No, you beat. You won the first round, didn't you? No, no. I think we got first round bye. So I think uh. the second round we... So yeah, we did actually win the first round, obviously. The second round, but I was with Tom Harrison, the scrum coach. He might as well have been on the opposition team. I was carrying us heavily. <laughs> it was a close loss, I think, to... Courtney Laws and whoever Courtney's partner was. Well, I was with Courtney. Might have been, were you with? Yeah. Nah, I couldn't have been you then. Not been in the <laughs> second tournament, maybe. Yeah. I can't remember we lost to first around, but yeah. It was a tough match, really competitive. Um, the crowd loved it, but we lost. Basically, the tournament winner was Bevan Rod, wasn't it? And he was teamed up with, was it Alice? Was it Alice, was a, yeah. She's the masseuse that was out there, but turned out that she played at Junior Wimbledon or something. Yeah, she was very, very good. So, yeah. And Bev also was very, very well, good. Well, he'd basically done it every day. Yeah. Bev used to come in and get massages and recovery from paddle so he could train paddle more <laughs> he trained really well at the world cup and played really well but there's a lot of time in his spare time i think he'll admit to this that he was a committed paddle semi-professional at that point what did he win what did they win a hat or something did they uh talking of prizes thank you coley for bringing over my my box that i left at penny hill park because well in 2011 yes 2019 2023 yeah. It was tradition, each player, so if you met named the World Cup squad and you met the 33, you then have to get a gift for the other 32 members. Yes. And you kindly brought over my- Your box today, box yes. Today. Yeah, obviously those gifts vary from some boys who are not very well sponsored. It might be something simple like an adapter or an extension cable for boys or a HD cable, something like that, practical, yep. going all the way up to like some guys, name or no names, Marcus Smith, have massive- massive deals where they end up with funny you mention it <laughs> oh here it is wow and it's personalized as well it is personalized golf wedge 60 degree wedge i don't often find myself in trouble when i'm playing golf, okay, so yeah. I, I don't think i'll use it too much yeah. little personalized by bit, uh, bit of england colors there yeah joe marl did very well he's obviously i think he got like underwear hoodies chocolates but he got so many that i was able to jump on the back of his and give 
one of his gifts is my own gifts, which really endeared me to the crowd. Yeah, we've done rum, we've had... Sort of tankard thing. Tankard, yeah, tankard. Yeah, toiletries. Do you want to see the tankard? Do you know who this is from? I don't know who got the tankard. Do you know who got it? Please listen and message in. I remember 2011, they did it, but not to, not everyone got a gift, but I think Simon... Well, that was kind of like, it was just more yeah. senior players, kind of Simon Shaw, I think, sort of boys yeah, out and gave it. Yeah, did. Um, and Haskell, I think, got everyone a coat. And, yes. and then in 19, we did it again, and lads really got into it. Yeah. And there was things from Apple Watches to headphones to... Too spoiled here. Yeah, but yeah, yeah we sound a bit, a bit spoiled. But yeah, yeah, essentially, it's a good thing. It brings the team together. Yeah. It's a nice little gesture of getting the lads to do something for each other. Um, there's a question from Victoria. What's your favourite post-match meal? Mm, good question. Favourite away game, post-match meal. Bath used to be really, really good. Yeah, and they uh, did like pasties, didn't they? It's a bit of a tricky one because really your post-match meal, you want a bit of junk food. You do. And you play away games and sometimes you all stop at the same services as the fans' buses. You like going to the service and you walk past like WH Smith or Marks and Spencer's, Waitrose, all those kind of servicey ones to try and get to McDonald's and make an order without being seen by the fans who are then going to like maybe go, Judging. that's not very professional, yeah. Having just lost, gotten off with a stitch. <laughs> <laughs> carrying a bit too much weight and it's like yeah no I am going to have uh, 72,000 calories of um, junk do you have a best Johnny May story this is from Alex do you have a best Johnny May story I have lots of Johnny May stories but Johnny is going to come on the pod he can tell his own stories he can tell his own stories we yeah. can get to the bottom of there's some truth and you know lies and what's just we can ask these questions maybe in the episodes we can like reel off yeah. a couple of stories yeah. and true or false yes. you'll be surprised at what's true Here's a question from Ed. How does it feel when everyone says you're shit and that you shouldn't be playing? Sorry, Ed, for the question. Is that, how does it feel when everyone says you're shit? Is that your opinion, mate? That you just want to come out? <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh, Ed, did you send that letter? That, yeah. Um, yeah. Well, so, I just first I'd like to pick up on that, Ed, is everyone says... And that's not just your own teammates. That's the, <laughs> <laughs> that's the actual general public. Say, is that when the coach tells yeah. me that? Or is that when uh, my teammates <laughs> shout at me during a game and say, mate, yeah. can we sub him off? This question's from uh, Jack Van Poorfleet. How does it feel? How does it feel? When it, yeah. I, I would say it happens. Um, everyone's entitled to their opinion. It happens quite a lot. But your opinion is wrong. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it's one of those things of pressure of players. So you have to learn how to block out. You have to concentrate on what's important, which is your teammates and coaches and what you're doing in the squad, don't you? And you kind of block out the noise because sometimes what people outside of, say, the bubble think is their perception how things should be done and i think sometimes people this is a rant i could go on for a long time but i think people sometimes have an opinion of players and they then fit the facts of what they do to their opinion so like for instance we've had some players that are great ball carriers they might carry the ball 10 times but that's all they do in a game but if the person sees the 10 ball carries they go oh my god he's the best player ever but then if the person on the flip side doesn't like them sees them walking around for seven, eight minutes of the game, they go, they're rubbish. You know, so I think people sometimes, and sometimes the media, I think this as well as they fit the facts to their opinions of players. So when it comes to people saying you're shit and stuff, it's kind of like, well, I don't think I am. I hope my teammates don't think I am. The coaches seem to pick me. Yeah. I must be doing something right. I'll keep listening to the people who advise me there. Listen to the people that matter. All you really want is respect from your peers, your teammates, as long as they don't think it, you're all right. <laughs> and as and long in, as the and if they you. do, I've got a mortgage to pay, I'm playing. Yeah. Um, Screw them. They don't pick the team anyway. It's all about the coach. So obviously when we first started out, yeah. there was no social media. Yeah. There was nothing like that. And where it is now, like it's open forum for everyone. Oh yeah. Immediately after game, win, lose, draw, good game, bad game. Everyone wants to tell you how you've done. And even if you've done really well and you've done your role, coaches are happy, you're happy, teammates are happy. Someone in a cave in Western Supermare isn't happy. 
and they want you to know about it. Yeah. And it's just changed a lot. So I feel sorry for the young lads coming through. I think the biggest advice and the biggest thing that we've ever done is just don't read it. If you go looking for it, you'll find it. You go looking for like people's opinions of you, you'll find it anywhere. You lose the World Cup final, say. The opinions you see are, you're rubbish, you've ruined everything. Next you come home or you see the fans and they're like, thanks guys. Like New Zealand was the best game I've ever had. I've had such a great time in Japan. Even the World Cup, now it's like we've had a great time. And I think 90% of the public watch the game. They're committed. They want you to win. If you lose, you lose. They go about the daily business. Like they're sad, but then you get the sort of 5% probably either end that are very opinionated. And sometimes I think those voices you hear probably loudest on social, whereas actually the majority of people I've met in the street they're either saying it behind my back, which is fine. <laughs> uh, like, or they're actually just like, they're not, you know what I mean? They're nice. They want England to win. They want to have a good time and they enjoy it for what it is. And most people I've met, like the World Cup and stuff is like, oh, yeah, we're really behind you all the way. It was great. You're really sad you lost. You must've been gutted. I went to work the next day. It was fine. You know what I mean? Like yeah. life. And, and that's where I think like sometimes things can get blown out because you say on social media, you can literally look for any opinion you want and you, someone will give it to you. I think also it's like when you first start out, you get a lot of, praise don't you because it's like you're on the scene it's like you're brilliant yeah fresh young this and the other and it's probably that period I think after about 10 15 caps when you come establishing the team then it's like whether it's public opinion or the media start going oh I think this person's better and I think as we get more played longer and more established that's when the wave of thing happens you know I mean when you start everything's brilliant and you kind of love it especially in the media and then after that it's that wave of you're rubbish your window for bad performances when you're young yeah. It's quite big. Yes. You're a talent. Yeah. You're coming through. Everyone wants you to do well. And then it gets to a stage where you are slightly established and they're like, okay, I want to see a bit more. And if you don't deliver that, yeah. people start questioning it. And then the older you get and the longer you've been there, yeah. they're just ready for someone new to come in. I've certainly felt that towards the back end yeah. of my career where they just wanted the next one through. Didn't matter how long you've been there. Didn't yeah. matter if you're still doing your job. Didn't matter if you're still doing your role, fulfilling your yeah. job within that team. They just want someone new. Rugby is quite a complicated, complex sport. And the way it is now in terms of how teams play and tactics and defense and all that. So people kind of read and listen. Yes. And then just regurgitate what that is. So yeah. if someone has a narrative, like you say, Coley, people listen to it and then they just run with that narrative themselves. And then, then you get people like Ed and his mates and everyone thinks we're shit. <laughs> <laughs> Have you ever actually decided, Sodgers, you're getting it back? Yeah, I did once. Um, England were playing France and I think it was like 2014 and I wasn't involved. I was in the squad, but I wasn't picked for the game. And my brother was playing, he was on the bench and he came on as a replacement. And I had this message on Twitter come through from this random fan that said, at Ben Young's has just come on, it's all going to go terribly wrong. So there he is, a diehard England rugby fan. I'm sat on the sofa watching it. So you can't even tell the difference between whether it's me playing scrum half or my brother playing hooker. It's all going to go terribly wrong. And there might have been some other bits he said. So I just thought, oh, this guy like... So I replied, which then he blew up at Leicestershire Police, at oh, RFU, no. at this. Anyway, so he's gone mad. Stuart Lancaster was the coach. So anyway, I, I went back in into camp and he uh, he pulled me aside and said, what's this about? Blah, blah, blah. And uh, I just said, well, this guy's abusing me online and he's abusing me and he's such a rugby fan. He can't even tell the difference between me and my brother. And I said, it's just ridiculous. So yeah, I did say that back to him. And he basically said, you need to write a letter of apology which I was very resistant to because I just said, well, that's ridiculous. So the media man drafts up a letter yeah. and sent it. So I'm still yet to meet this chap. Hopefully he's a listener. So next question is uh, from Callum. Thanks, Callum. Uh, what's the worst thing you've ever seen or had done to you on a pitch? I've heard fingers up the ass and even biting of the cheeks. I think Callum wishes this. It's, I think it's more hope this, this <laughs> yeah. might happen yeah. on a rugby pitch. Uh, let me see your hands, Callum. Um, <laughs> we'll answer this question. I don't mention this, but the worst thing I've ever seen is um, broken elbow. Do you remember yeah, that, Rob Hawkins? Um, one player, a stud, cut his scrotum. Ooh, yes. And uh, he had to go off the pitch. <laughs> 
and get stitched, I guess. <laughs> and it went on the tunnel. Could any family members of, uh, please come to the tunnel immediately. <laughs> <laughs> yes, Callum, accidents do happen. Yeah. That's why the referees and uh, touch judges always check your studs pre-game because we don't want any incidents like that. I remember like um, being told of, I think it was like Buck Shelford, who was one of rugby's all-time toughest men. But yeah, I think he got stood on in the breakdown, ripped his scrotum open. And this was before substitutions and blood bins. So we had to get stitched up on the side of the pitch and go back and play. Oh my God. I'm not sure I want to play anymore. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> Thankfully, uh, the rocking laws have changed and you can't just go around stamping on people. Oh but, my oh. God. There was a rugby league player as well. I mean, this, this question, we're getting quite in depth with it, but there was a rugby league player and his name escapes me and I don't know too much details. However, he did serve a ban because every yeah. time he made a tackle uh, and on rugby league, they lay on the front and sort of yeah. wiggle he would then use that opportunity to try and shove some fingers up their ass. Yes. Um, and this got reported a number of times and eventually- It's on video, isn't it? Got, yeah, yeah, it'll be on YouTube. Yeah. Um, check it out if you've- uh, YouTube, if got, Callum. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Tube. <laughs> but thanks, Callum. I'm not sure what happened at, uh, at your rugby when you played at school, but yeah. I hope you're okay, mate. <laughs> yeah. um, right, we'll move swiftly on. Thank you, Callum. Uh, this is a question from Chris. If you could replay any game you've played before, which one would it be? I would put a disclaimer on. I would ask the, the follow-up question would be like, because like if you can change the result, there's obviously you go, oh, the World Cup World final. Cup 2019, yeah. But what happens if we replay 2019 and we lost again? Would you take the risk? I'd roll the dice. You'd roll the dice, wouldn't you? Because it, it was that bad. You'd roll the dice. I'd roll the dice. <laughs> yeah. So if you could replay any game, as you say. What's, what's the most enjoyable game you think you've played? I mean, the, that World Cup semi-final was amazing. Yeah. Grand Slam 2016. Yeah. That's what I'd probably, I'd say for me, it'd be the Grand, oh, the Grand Slam 2016 because that was having come off a rough World Cup in 2015, really yeah. bad. And then to bounce back first tournament afterwards and basically win the Grand Slam, which we only ever won one. It's so, so hard to do. Like yeah. people don't, Grand Slams are so incredibly hard to do. So as I say, to do that straight away after coming off probably the lowest point of the career to then international career, then what's the highest point in that thing? Yeah, I'd definitely say that one. If you could get the same result, those are the moments you kind of yeah. play for. And afterwards, like wife and families yeah. are being like, what a day. <laughs> <laughs> Literally. Yeah, what a day. Yeah. But you're right. If you could play another game and have the chance of changing the outcome, yeah. then for both of us, I think 2019 without doubt would be the one that you'd go. And we might get the same outcome, but you'd still want another crack at it. Yeah, definitely. Right. Next question is actually from Eleanor's mum. I put this to my mum who responded with the following question. Why does Dan pretend to be angry when he is a cute and cuddly person? Do I know Eleanor's mum? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> How does she know that I'm a cute and cuddly person? Before you answer that, Coley, actually, let's just quickly go to an ad break. Okay, well, thank you for the question, Eleanor's mum. Um, I'd like to think that this happened over maybe a Sunday dinner or a family get-together nice where, idea. you know, they're discussing you, me, us, the podcast, you know, family time. I think that's, you know, so I encourage people to ask questions from there. Mothers, fathers, grandparents, friends. Grandkids. Yeah, grand anyone really. So Ellen's put this question to her mum, which is, why does Dan pretend to be angry when he's a cute and cuddly person? I like to think that, I, I don't pretend to be angry. I just, I am just a very, some people are like, their normal state is happy. Mine is just normal. Some people look on the bright side of life. I think worst case scenario in everything, and anything better than worst case scenario is a result. So if I'm driving to work, traffic situation i think it's going to take me three hours takes me less than that perfect result i'm happy but yes there is a time when especially behind closed doors with your family when you're kids and stuff you can kind of let yourself be a bit more 
happy. Would you say that you get angry on the pitch? Because you do get frustrated on the pitch. Uh, Especially at refs. Oh, yeah, I get angry. Uh, injustices. Injustice. Injustice. Yeah. yeah. Um, however, I've also learned in my time, which I learned quite an early age, is if you show weakness in a team environment <laughs> or a changing room environment, which might be getting angry, it might be reacting to something, boys will hammer you for the rest of your life. If you get angry, try not to explode where people can see you. Try and bite your tongue a bit because otherwise it'll just be held against you for the rest of your life. And this is a thing I'd recommend to all people, but especially young guys coming into rugby teams now, is if you react, boys will prod you and prod you and keep going until you either break down in tears or you punch somebody, hopefully not me. That's what I learned early on in my career because some of the characters we had in the like the Leicester change rooms, like your, say, George Shooter, who was relentless. Yep. You'd say something and he'd go and go and go and go and wouldn't let you live it down. So you learn quickly that it's best just to try and not react or laugh it off and hopefully find another victim to go at. Talking of reactions, can you remember when there was a new incentive from the referees that no one could talk back and they were going to stamp it all out and march you back 10 and no one could appeal and everything like that. And we're like three games in, isn't it? And we were told like, yeah. no one say anything. Like by third game, you'd had enough because everyone was appealing apart from us. Everyone was moaning at the ref apart yeah. from us because we've been told and we were trying to be really good and change perceptions. And then you spent the next 10 minutes chasing the referee going, are you going to sanction that, sir? When anyone, <laughs> when anyone appealed, yeah. or any, sir, are you going to sanction that, the, sir? I thought you, you thought you were- The worst uh, I had was um, we were away at Ulster. I was on the bench. <laughs> this is a <laughs> good one. Grand Poit was in charge and he was a Frenchman. It took not a lot of um, nonsense on the pitch, which is fair enough. Um, we were losing. We'd been hammered in a scrum and um, I was on the pitches. So I just just about to get subbed on. I think Marcos went after him. I was like, this is happening in the scrum. Bum, 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 bum. And unbeknownst to me, he'd said to the team, next person that says anything to me, I'm just going to send off. So when I run, getting subbed on, they must have scored. So we kicked off. They kicked back. I think Tom Croft runs it back. It was Crofty. It was Crofty. And I'm pretty sure it was the smallest bloke on it. It was either winger or one of the nine or 10. Basically, dump tackled Crofty. And at the time, it was like a tip tackle. And Crofty got melted and speared into the floor. And I was like, tip tackle. Next thing I know, I've got a yellow card. I'm clean. I'm not even dirty. I'm a yellow card. I'm literally sat in the dugout, like, ran on the pitch at like 30 seconds later, and then off the pitch and sat in the dugout with a camera on you, like, it's been yellow carded for descent. Honestly, it was, it, that was one of the, A, embarrassing. I should have just shut my mouth. I get it. But you like, it was just the softest yellow card I've ever had. But yeah, no one then talked. So fair that, enough. That was a tough old day because I remember that one. We got battered actually. But this question's from Robin. It says, how much of a sappuccino is Joe Marler? And who is the worst sap of all time? And this can be England, Lions, or ever. Good question. Like, don't mistake being a sap for just being a realist. Some things need discussing. Some things need being pulled apart i also think there's a, a certain level of um especially like forwards and i say front rowers you kind of have to you look at the dark side of things find humor whether it's like something's a tough session or whether it's something crap or your bed's like you go on tour to like we we're in Verona, weren't we and it's like 40 degrees there's no air conditioning you're sweating your tits off but all the time but you're kind of like yeah the beds are tiny but like you find it's rubbish but you get on with it but you find humor in basically making it tolerable and i think sometimes people interpret that as you're sapping and it probably is but i think for a lot of people or some rugby players and stuff that it's a way of almost accepting it and yeah. getting on with it and i think english people are incredibly cynical but it is you're right it's yeah. a way of accepting it. it's all yeah. having a laugh together and it's not being sappy it's just at times just being <laughs> just being real isn't it like the situation is the situation and sometimes it's miserable oh, yeah. and shit yeah. and you have to sap about it yeah. but I think also sometimes you can add energy because you say you sap about it and you find humour and everyone else finds sort of common ground of humour in it and goes like yeah this is crap but 
we'll get on with it no matter what and we'll pull together so sap is we laugh because we'll say some of us are you can say with sappers but at the same time you find humor in it and you say it, it brings blokes together it's just the small things isn't it like we uh was it in Dunedin we pulled up this hotel and honestly it can only be described as it, it probably got built in 1950 and not one part of it's been renovated since and the bus pulls in it stops the doors open and and James Housel shouts in the back of the bus, drives, I think there's been some kind of mistake, mate. <laughs> you just think like, yeah. it's the small little oh, things yeah. like that. From the whole coaching staff yeah, as well, all the yeah. coach at the front of the bus, it's like, drives. I think there's been some kind of mistake. <laughs> she was a hotel, wrong, yeah. yeah. But the biggest sap, the biggest sap, is if you get a group together, it's the greatest hour of drinking coffee and just oh, yeah. laughing and being cynical. But Lions, for me, the biggest sap was Ian Evans. In 2013. 2013, yeah. yeah. Well, he, even then... But he, humorous. Humor, was, brilliant. Well, humorous. Because it was even like, at the end of it, wasn't it? He was like, how shit must I be? I'm the only Welshman not to have played a test. <laughs> <laughs> well, considering uh, the last test, it was basically the team Welsh Wales. Team, yeah. He got around, he put it on the table for all of us that weren't involved. And he said, uh, do you know what, boys? I just don't think this country, all these four countries coming together really works, to be honest. <laughs> 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 oh, yeah. but a great guy. Like, yeah. Don't let that, honestly, generally great guy, but just funny. Just again, it's just, it's the humour that gets you through the shit parts. It certainly does. Question from Rachel. Uh, it was a dark time for me when Tigers didn't play the rolling mall game. Did the players miss them or do you prefer a good scrum? Well, Rachel, you're obviously a connoisseur of the game. As a forward, I think that's just the bread and butter of the game. I think the fans appreciate it. Leicester's probably one of the only places the fans do appreciate it because I think the history of the teams. And But for me, if the rolling mall makes you win the game, brilliant, I'm all for it. If playing to the backs makes you win a game, I'm all for it. Like just win the game, find a way of winning the game. And I think now, especially the game favours them all. We don't have to talk too much about it, but like I think you see a lot of teams get a penalty at the mall inside their own half, kick to the corner, another mall, point zone entry. You, know, you get five, 10 metres out and you score a try. So it's a way of getting up the field. So yes, I enjoy it when it's going well. I don't enjoy it when it's going badly. One thing I will say, Rachel, what about all the running tries, the quick taps, the... She said, she's, a, she's a connoisseur of the game. Yeah. Mate. She okay. knows what she likes. It's a big part of Tiger's DNA and long may it continue. It's Absolutely. nice to sit behind a rolling mall and a good scrum that's going forward. Um, here is a question from Rob. Who is your favourite roommate? And bearing in mind, we did room together in the summer, so I'm not included. Oh yeah. Um, favourite roommate? Henry Slade's really good. Is he? Yeah. He's very tidy. George Ford, very good. Tidy. Tidy. Diligent. So diligent. I bet he probably sleeps silently. Just Yeah, he just... Doesn't snore, doesn't yeah. make a noise. Just we, curls up. He has the blanket tucked up here and he just... Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> not, not even a crease. He just hovers morning. above the bed. Yeah. So he's really good. Yeah. The good roommates, the ones that don't snore, yeah. that are tidy. Yeah. And basically you get on with and you can chat. Or you can sat sit with. there and like, you don't have to talk. You know, yeah. sometimes like I say, good teammates, you're just happy in each other's company, presence, whatever. I've never had a bad roommate really. No. But if you had to pick one, you had to room, you're going to have to room, let's say, a year. A year. You're a year at Penny. Well, it depends on if it's a side by side room. If the bed is next to me, I need someone that's not a snorer. And I think most of the blokes I've roomed with are snorers. I'll get some earplugs and I'd pick Chris Robshaw just for the good old times. That's nice. Question from Bob Did you ever have any jobs that weren't rugby? Yes, I did. Really? Being a farmer's son, I had to help out, do potato grading, wild oat pulling, weedy beet pulling. I crashed a few bits of machinery. I managed to do um, topping, which essentially is like cutting grass. Basically, yeah. you leave, leave fields and you have yeah. to top it. There's a certain window you can do that. Somehow, I was driving at the top on the back and there was like a massive mound of soil. And I just assumed it's like a giant lawnmower on the back yeah. of the tractor. So it'll just it'll be fine. Went over that. No, cut all the blades. That was about a couple of grand's worth of damage. Sorry, dad. Then uh, about a week later, topper's back. Got to finish off the rest of these other fields. No worries. Leave it with me. Managed to 
come off the field and basically go down to in, into a brook. So that was another disaster. But whilst we're on disasters, one of my mates or my brother's good mates, well, had a moped and he came over and I said, oh, let's have a go, Gilly. Boom, off I went. It's a bit like Jay from the in-between yeah. without all the chat before about Lance Armstrong. Off I went, mm, come around, slid straight off, broke. Right. Christ, right. I need to pay for that. So then I became a pot washer in the local pub down the really? road. Uh, and I spent the whole summer washing up pots and uh, sweeping and cleaning. To pay off your debt. To pay off my debt. That was my job. And actually, if I hadn't had rugby... You'd still be there I'd now. be still there now. <laughs> uh, now, if I didn't do rugby, then obviously I'd be the main driver on the farm. Of course I would, yeah. uh, given my record. You? Um, I only really had one, which was when I was about 15. My dad, who was a civil engineer in the bull ring, was being renovated slash built. And he worked for a civil engineering firm. They're doing the paving. And I got recruited to help the pay. It was just as a labourer. And um, I was getting paid. I remember it because A, it was a job. But B, he's like, pay £100 a week. And at the time, when you get paid nothing, I thought, this is brilliant, £100 a week. Turns out, we started at seven, finished at four, and it's five days a week. So if you think, I think we got an hour for lunch. So it was eight hours a day, five days a week. So 40 hours. I was getting paid £2.50 an hour. <laughs> I was getting absolutely mugged off by my dad. I think he was like, teach you the value of money and this kind of stuff. And it was like, I got absolutely... To this day, he still owes me at least the living wage. Yes. Um, but no, it taught us a good lesson. But yeah, that was my only real job. I think the paving is still there outside the church. If anyone wants to go there and... Um, Have a photo with it? Yeah. <laughs> uh, basically, <laughs> I, I, just, work? I, I just used to like lift things, move things around. I remember one time just standing in a, a massive pile of concrete that had just been poured. So that was, um, yeah, that's pretty much what I did. Another very enjoyable episode. Some good questions there. Yeah, there was. Oh, feel free to always ping in questions. We will answer them. Definitely. Hopefully we answered everything that needed answering. Go and find us on Instagram and TikTok. Links are in the episode description. If you're listening on Apple or Spotify, give us those five-star reviews. Even leave a question that we're not answering it unless it's a five-star review. While you're there, hit the follow button. Apparently, if you hit the follow button, it makes a massive difference and you won't ever miss an episode. If you want to trade some kit, there's loads in the garage. We're willing to do so. If you want another podcast to listen to, go and find Joe Marler's Things People Do. Listen to the episode he did with Jill, the TV extra. Very good listen. Recommend it always if you want to listen to our podcast ad free go to amazon music or if you're on apple just subscribe for one pound per week we'll see you on thursday for an episode about rome you won't see you you'll hear us yeah (laughs) sports social podcast network